Rogue Media. <laughs> Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. Yeah, I'm Belle. Belle, Belle, how are you doing tonight? Not so good. I know, this was kind of a heavy episode, <laughs> wasn't it? I know, right? Oh, man. Yeah. Nobody likes Not only that, I, I, I managed to like aggravate a back injury and so oh wow really there's that as well yeah i herniated a disc a while back and i managed to aggravate it again so. hey you need me to come over there and uh give you a little little back massage take care of you make you soup well i have no choice it would seem yeah that's uh, right <laughs> well no look we need to we need to kind of address this really quick for uh, a lot of a fun uh you know i think for us and hopefully for you guys as well or at least I think it'll be a fun experience when it's all said and done. Uh, yes, next week, actually tomorrow as we record this podcast uh, today, but uh, I'm leaving to go to Austin where I will be crashing on your couch uh, for, for quite some time, which means that you and I will actually be able to record not one, but two podcasts together in the same place at the same time, just like that Tupac uh, hologram and Snoop Doggy Dog. Man, I'm looking forward to this. So which one of us is the hologram? I, I, I couldn't even begin to guess, but I would assume possibly me. I'm the one that has no business being there. And yet <laughs> there I am. Uh, but anyway, man, it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll be recording together. We'll be doing that live. Uh, we'll also do our Logan review, which we've been kind of putting off uh, for such an occasion. And so we'll have that more information for that to come. But I do want to mention this, man, because this is really important. This particular, these next couple of weeks, I am completely MIA in, in the sense that I am on the road. I've got my hands full uh, tremendously. And we would not have the podcast coming out. The podcast that you're listening to right now would not be happening. You would not be listening to this podcast if not for the fact that it is being supported from listeners like you over at patreon.com slash TV talk because of y'all's generous donations. We're able to hire out and get some additional help on the post-production, which means that you get it out in a timely manner. And we're able to maintain that quality, that chemistry and that consistency that you've been able to enjoy from flash TV talk. And we will continue to do so even in the midst of weeks like these, man. So literally this podcast, today's podcast is brought to you by you. So big ups and especially big ups to Andrew Taylor, who just became a patron as well at the hero level. We really appreciate it, Andrew. And hey, if you would like to join him and many more, you can be a hero, a superhero, or even a brain trust member at various levels. Learn more at patreon.com slash TV talk. Or if you're listening on the Satchel podcast player, just click be a patron. It'll take you right there for details. You can be my hero, baby. <laughs> you can be my speedster too. <laughs> well, hey man, let's go ahead. We got a huge show tonight. Let's jump into the rundown. The, the rundown. rundown. Episode 15 of Season 3, The Wrath of Savitar, directed by Alexander LaRoche and story by Andrew Kreisberg and Andrew Wilder, the Andrews. <laughs> Bell, what happened this episode? Wally starts having visions of Savitar. Meanwhile, after Barry and Iris announce their engagement to the team at Star Labs, Barry and Wally race off to respond to a building fire. While en route, Wally has another vision of Savitar and is physically attacked by him, but Barry is unable to see the evil speedster. Back at the lab, Wally admits to having visions of Savitar. Because of this, Barry sends Wally away and the team uses Julian to talk to Savitar. They tell him that they got rid of the Philosopher's Stone, but Savitar questions if they really did. 
Caitlin admits to Julian and the rest of the team that she has kept a part of the Philosopher's Stone, wanting to use it to remove her powers. Barry and the team figures out that Savitar is trapped inside the Speed Force. Meanwhile at home, Wally has a vision of his mom, which turns out to be Savitar, who begins to taunt him. Wally steals the stone fragment from the lab, taking it to the factory where he tries to launch it into the Speed Force. Savitar taunts Wally a few times before Wally is successful in getting rid of the fragment. Barry arrives just as the portal draws Wally into it, ripping apart his suit and trapping him in the Speed Force. Savitar emerges from the Speed Force moments later and fights Barry. In the ensuing melee, Savitar stabs Barry in the chest, saying he wants to kill him, but not before he watches Iris die. However, Barry is able to briefly hurt Savitar before he retreats. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> All right, man. So we've got, I, I, feel, I feel as though this episode had something of a theme, which is what is seen cannot be unseen or, or even maybe more of a Pandora's box type of thing going on. A literal Pandora's box in the case of Savitar's little box. Exactly. I mean, there is kind of a, a you know, a notion of, of what happens, happens. And, and, you know, once you experience it, it's going to uh, impact and affect you. That's certainly the case for Wally, who, you know, obviously we, we kind of enter into the scene and he is, he's training. Uh, I love kind of the montage. By the way, I just love the effect of three speedsters uh, oh, that's cool. Racing. I know it, it's so it's so awesome to, to see that in action. Uh, but they've got this kind of great training montage where, you know, they're they're all kind of racing. They're all kind of running together, pushing each other. And uh, but ultimately, you know, Jesse and, and Barry go to recreate the moment at which Iris is supposed to die. And of course, Wally finally, uh, for the first time, is able to do what he needs to do by like what? It was two seconds. I think it was like point zero two one or something like that. Yeah, but I mean for a speedster. Yeah, yeah. No, he like, you know, he was fast enough. Exactly. Exactly. So I mean, you know, celebrating this victory and everything. Um, you know, they, there's a lot of commentary too about uh, who who exactly is responsible for the progress that Wally has been making. Uh is it Barry or is it HR? Um that's a tough one. HR I, I, he was making kind of a case for himself, right? I mean he's like, oh I'm the one that's milking him. <laughs> Well, yeah. <laughs> so HR is giving him the encouragement that I don't think Barry is, but Barry is giving him the knowledge that I don't think HR is. Yeah. One's a little bit more carrot. The other one's a little bit more stick. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that makes, yeah, that's a very good analogy. Well, sure. Uh, so yeah, so they, they're running Wally, um, doing a great job. He's also trying to impress Jesse. I think that's part of it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's gotta be. Their, their relationship seems to be doing pretty well. I mean, not, not too much drama there. Yeah, I was I kind of a bit concerned as to what the future of their relationship was going to look like uh, in terms of just we've got so many characters and and so many kind of, uh, you know, relationships on screen. It can be kind of hard from time to time to make sure that everybody gets the the appropriate focus that they need. However, in all fairness, some of the deck was cleared by the end of this episode. Now, we did get the reentry of Julian, uh, who is off kind of like, you know, what did I miss? And, you know, he's. Putting it, putting it out there, man. He, he kind of goes in for a little smoochy smooch with Caitlin. Yeah, I mean, who didn't see that coming? Hey. Got to ship something. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they uh, they they do have kind of their budgeting relationship. Uh, Bell, this was actually one of these episodes where uh, I was unable to watch it live. I really wanted to, but what what I typically do is while watching it after the fact, I type notes, but I type notes as if I'm tweeting it, and other people can see that, even though they can't. Uh, yeah, every time I read your notes, that's it's exactly what I think. They look like they're between they they would be tweets, but uh, they are not. They are notes. Yeah. And so, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's funny is like I, I didn't get to watch it until before this podcast today. Couldn't watch it live. Couldn't watch it last night, and I had to avoid like Twitter and you know things like that just to, to make sure I didn't 
see any spoilers. But yeah, I had to watch it just just about an hour ago. Yeah, well, we're playing catch up here. That's uh, that's kind of how it goes sometimes. Speaking of playing catch up, man, the guy that was putting on the uh, the sign. You know, with the, uh, you know, welcome to Central City, home of the Flash. And now we just edited the sign with Kid Flash. And then all of a sudden there's a third speedster. Come on! (laughs) Nobody told me. Nobody told me this. I just put this sign up here. It's like nobody tells me nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I I can't wait until Impulse shows up. He's going to, he's going to put Jesse Quick on there. And then all of a sudden Impulse is going to pop up and be like, ah, no, there's a fourth speedster. It's just. Yeah, it's just going to be like full of additional stickers for different speeds. <laughs> that's right. It's just like <laughs> they'll just change it. They'll be like, you know what? Flash family. That's that's home. Yeah, of the Flash. home of the Flash family. Yeah. Done. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, he uh, that, I did. I did get a kick of that uh, out of that during the training montage. You know, they they build up uh, to, uh, you know, we were mentioning relationships. Last episode, we talked a lot about Iris and Barry getting engaged. We talked about how, uh, you know, that Barry was trying to positively impact the timeline as opposed to negatively impact the timeline. Now at the yeah. time I didn't really see too much of a problem with what he was doing. No, I mean, it, it seemed to me like, you know, this is something that he wanted to do at some point anyway. So he was just kind of accelerating his timeline of doing it, but we didn't know that he, about, you know, the, the future knowledge that, that they well, weren't married when she died, you know? Yeah. Well, no, I think, I think we did know that, didn't we? Well, I, you know, I, I think if you uh, observant watchers would look and see that she doesn't have a ring on her finger yeah, and then put two and two together before this episode. But I was not that observant. <laughs> so I did not see that. But to me, it just seemed like, yeah, you know, Barry wants to go ahead and get married because, you know, why not? Let's go ahead and do it. Before no, you man. Die. No, he's a, he's positively impacted. I mean, like we knew that we knew that he was positively impacting. Yeah. I just don't think that we or at least I certainly didn't look at that as a bad thing. No, 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 no not at all. Especially because we know, I mean, for one thing, they are, you know, she is his density. That That is, that's part of it. But then there's the other Lorraine, part. Lorraine, <laughs> you are my density. <laughs> but the other Sorry, thing, I of course, to. the other thing, of course, is that, you know, Barry is, uh, I mean, he's in love with her. This this makes sense. They they very much are kind of a, a perfect couple. And as you mentioned, Bell, it was something he was planning on doing anyway. And when they tell the team, especially like, Watching Joe, I had kind of this mixture of emotions because on the one hand, you could see it on his face, just how proud he was and how this is one of the happiest moments of, of his life. It's, it's you know, I think he said very specifically, like, you know, his baby girl is marrying the, the best man he knows. And this is going to sound weird, but there is kind of a keeping it all in the family thing that, that kind of works in a scenario. You know what I mean? <laughs> we don't have to, you know, you, you never quite know who it is that's going to marry in. But in this situation, he's already kind of part of the family. So... It's like nothing's changed. Right. It's just well, yeah. I mean, it has. But but here's the thing. I when when Joe made the comment about, you know, why didn't you ask my permission first? I was kind of I was a little floored by that myself too cuz I was like, "Oh, whoa, 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 whoa." Yeah, why didn't Barry do that? Again, I didn't think about it last week, but like now it's like, "Oh yeah, you you know better. That's the man like that's the man that raised you to do exactly that and then you don't go and do that to his own daughter." Well, my, my question is this. I know uh, Joe mentioned, and I've told you the story, I don't know how many times, of how I asked you know, my wife's father for her hand in marriage and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, have, they, have they shown that on the show? No, no. They never showed that on the show. But, I mean, I think it just shows – it builds up that, that kind of like past knowledge, right? Like uh, the fact that, again, Barry was raised by Joe. Like, yeah, like, yeah. In fact, Joe even said, did you not get the point of that story? Like, like the reason why he told him that story over and over again is because he was trying to communicate the importance that Joe put on that, not necessarily with the mindset that, you know, Barry would one day ask him 
but with the the knowledge that you know he's raising this kid, and that's the way you know that's the way he's raising this kid. And so I, I got to tell you, I was a little, I was kind of a little hurt for Joe. Now I, I don't necessarily subscribe to the whole ask permission thing. I, I'm more of ask for blessing rather than permission. Uh, but that's that's on me. Um, well, yeah, but I, I think there would have been more of an emotional weight there. But if we had seen beforehand Joe that story in recent memory, yeah. Because that way, last episode, you know, we would we, we we could have been like, hmm, there's something off about that. Why did? And then it's less of a shock and a surprise and a jump when he doesn't ask Joe last episode. And when he gets mad this episode, there's more kind of like I guess emotional payoff on there. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, they are filling it in after the fact. But it's good that they do that because, like you said, you know, it's just that's what Joe was trying to drive home to him that this is an important thing that you should do, and he didn't because he was scared. Well, and it's it's so interesting too because again. You know, you see it on his face. You see the the he's overcome with joy, uh, and then when he pulls Barry to the side, you can see he's extremely conflicted because he is extremely happy about it. But he 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 just senses that something's off. That Barry would know he's better. not mad. He's just disappointed. Yeah, and, and which is the worst. You'd never want right. Papa Joe disappointed. That I, I'd rather have him mad at me. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I'd rather have him, you know, livid, pissed at me than like disappointed. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it was interesting to see um, that dynamic. Uh, we also uh, got a nod. HR mentioned briefly that uh, you know they when when they were all kind of tense up about what was going on. And, and kind of the the sense of distrust that was going on in the team. HR mentioned that they 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 can still all be the four four amigos, which which does kind of beg the question: Who's the fourth amigo on Earth nineteen? I'm try. I think it. Was, I think it's the German pilot. Oh, you think he was the? Uh, oh, you'll Ned Niedermeyer. Ned <laughs> I Niedermeyer. love your films. <laughs> I, I I watch you on the silver screen. Uh, of course, this is the Three Amigos classic uh, classic comedy film. Um, of which I'm sure most of our listeners are not familiar. <laughs> or maybe it's the invisible, uh, the, 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 what was it? The invisible, the invis- was it just the invisible man? No, no, yeah, there was the invisible man. Uh, and then there was also the, the singing tree, the singing bush, the singing bush. No, but I was thinking more of like who would also be kind of part of that classic comedy, uh, troupe, right? You had Chevy Chase, you had, um, Oh, I see. Yeah. You had, uh, who else was part of it? It's Chevy Chase, Steve Martin and, um, Martin Short, uh, Dan Aykroyd or Bill Murray. Yeah, that I was thinking Bill Murray, but yeah, Dan Aykroyd, that would make a lot of sense. He was probably the fourth Amigo. Uh, yeah. But until we spend more time on Earth nineteen, we're just we're just not going to know. We we mentioned earlier, of course, Julian and and uh, and Caitlin having their relationship kind of kicking off to a pretty rough start. They make a lot of comparisons between the two of them, with you know the whole Doctor Alchemy and and kind of Savitar taking over. Uh, Julian, and then also Killer Frost taking over Caitlyn. Something about that rubs me a little bit the wrong way, mostly because Caitlyn and, well, let me, Killer Frost and Savitar are not the same. Like, Killer Frost is Caitlyn. Caitlyn is Killer Frost. Killer Frost is every part of Caitlyn that she doesn't want to be, but it's still there. Right. Yeah. And so far as we know, Julian is not Savitar, or at least with everything that we've been led to believe, or at least as as Caitlin understands, perhaps, or I don't know, one way or the other. They just that seems yeah, because like Killer Frost is Caitlin's dark side, right? Like that's that's if if she had no inhibitions whatsoever, that's who she would be, right? Whereas I don't I don't think Julian, like you said, so far as we know right now, there's there's nothing saying that Julian is this evil speedster. <laughs> not- <laughs> He's just a He's just a puppet, right? So far as we know, exactly. And I mean, that's the yeah. thing, right? Uh, Doctor Alchemy—they—they're they, using kind of the um, being controlled as kind of a puppet, uh, and you know, with everything that Julian went through, and and especially what they—they they put him through again twice this episode, using him as as kind of like a kind of like a cell phone to the Speed Force. 
well, a cell phone to Savitar. Who's in the Speed Force. He's in the Speed Force, yes. But, I mean, I can call you when you're in a building and you're just in, you know, I still call your phone. All right. Fair enough. But uh, but one way or the other, he's speaking directly through Julian. And we're getting, I think this is the most we've gotten in terms of dialogue with Savitar ever. I mean, like the last time, of course, was when, when you know, he was speaking through Julian and, and he gave the prophecy and everything else. Uh, here we actually have some dialogue. We have some conversation and a little bit of personality from Savitar as well. Yeah, we kind of get, you know, some hints as to who he might be. Maybe, maybe. But Julian keeps on acting, you know, as though this is really violating. And it makes a lot of sense, of course, that he is being kind of taken control and everything else. He gets a lot of pushback for not wanting this to happen and ultimately does it because I guess I, I don't know why he does it. British? Is that why? Well, you know, it's one of those things. Yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 a violation, right? Like it's it's I don't know if it hurts him, uh, if it causes him pain or anything like that. I'm sure it causes him some sort of emotional duress. But like it's one of those things where. No, you shouldn't be doing this, but dang it, this is the only way I can help, and it's the only way that they're going to be able to get the information that they need, and even though this is a violation, I want you to understand that. this is I don't want you to do this. I'm going to let you do it anyway. I think it's just him trying to Hook up with Caitlin. Oh, yes, be helpful. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) And by being helpful, that will, you know, raise him in the ranks of Caitlin's eyes and be like, oh, yeah, remember the time that I helped the team? Yeah, that was me. Yeah, yeah. Um, So so there's that. Uh, in an effort to do everything they possibly can, you know, with, uh, with, with the reveal. And I know we're kind of jumping all over the map. I apologize for that. Uh, part of that again is, is cause my notes are, are in, uh, less the tweet form. Well, they're in tweet form <laughs> and that's, that's probably not good, but, but one way or the other, Wally does, uh, go back. He, he does see the vision of what happens to, to Iris. And, you know, it is this experience almost traumatic. I mean, you see it on his face, uh, watching Iris, die and also observing of course that the the wedding ring is not there now when he throws that in barry's face you know as again he's a teen right he's kid flash he, he hadn't grown up to be the flash yet he's, he's still kid flash uh he, he throws that in barry's face he tells the team reveals it and iris is kind of processing she's been given this opportunity to really kind of process everything that's going on um now and i i do think she is rightly upset with the tactics and motivation of what was driving Barry to this point in the sense that it's not bad that he wants to save your life, but it is a little messing with your emotions when that's the reason, or at least what feels like the reason at the time. Like, like we said, it's, it's something he was going to do before, but the, the whole fact that, that it was, uh, I guess like a false pretense as to why he was doing it. It wasn't how he normally would have done it. He's just trying to manipulate time. That would, that I, I could see that being a, a problem for me. Well, you know, and, it, and she even says specifically that she doesn't want him to save save her. She wants him to be her husband. She wants to do this together. If Barry had come at it like this, like, you know, Iris, I, I, it just occurred to me in the future where you die, uh, we we are not yet engaged. I've been planning. I want to ask you to marry me. I've, I've been planning on it and I've been hesitant because of knowing this future. But look, this is a way that we can both change the future and do what I was going to do anyway, except he says that in a may better, way better way than I just said it. At least she then, still would have been mad. She still would have been mad, but at least then they would have been on like the same footing, right? <laughs> like he's yeah, he didn't have to lie to her at that point. Well, that's what I'm saying. He 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 lied to her by not by omission, right? Yeah, lying by omission. Yeah. So if if he had been a little bit more upfront, maybe he'd still be engaged. Maybe. 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 Maybe not, but one way or the other, uh, she does have kind of that, that good self-realization, but she does mention to him specifically that 
Uh, she needs time. And I thought about that. I thought about the critique of the fact that like everything they've done, they've kind of rushed into. Uh, and we even made mention, of course, of Jesse and Wally and, and kind of how they're speeding, speeding pretty fast into their relationship. You know, when, when someone tells a speedster, I need time, that is essentially <laughs> like torture to a speedster. How much time? Like like a millisecond, exactly. A second, like how how many seconds? No 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 no. I need I need more than that. <laughs> and I think to some extent, I, I it made me kind of retroactively go back and look at some of the ways that Barry has dealt with situations and appreciate the fact that he is impulsive. You know, like we we always kind of give him a hard time for doing the wrong thing or like thinking he's got this. The fact of the matter is he lives in a different wavelength than everybody else. So yes, he does kind of jump to things faster while other people need to kind of process or want to think through them. He's not yet good about kind of, you know, analytically taking all the information and making the correct decision in the moment. He's just taking all the information and immediately impulsively making the decision. And well, but his brain works faster than ours. So it's possible that he's giving as much, if not more time to it, just in a shorter span of our time because he's thinking on it faster. I just don't know. And I think we're starting to see him mature in that way. But, um, you know, historically, he just hasn't calculated the best outcomes. He's done it quickly, but it's not been the best thing, right? Yeah, true. And so from our perspective, it, it seems impulsive. But, you know, now now kind of with that that in mind, uh, it's it's not as impulsive, I suppose, as it seems. Not from uh, yeah, his perspective. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, man, I, I, I should I have I want to address something right quick. Beginning of the episode, they race off to a building fire. And uh, did they ever solve the building fire? Did they ever fix that? I don't think so. No, they uh, Jesse took care of it. Oh, that's right. Jesse ran off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, they even said that specifically. Um, and it, you know, that's the thing with three speedsters, there really should be no crime ever in Central City. <laughs> right. It should be a utopia. <laughs> there is even a, it kind of reminds me of uh, Kingdom Come, where it's kind of a, a future in which, you know, this this amalgam of all flashes exist in one singular entity that is essentially the speed force. And uh, basically, Central City is a paradise because nothing ever happens because, like, the flash is constantly in, like, in every single place at any every single time uh in in that city and so you know when you've got three speedsters eh, i think you're uh sh- should be pretty covered should be pretty covered yeah, yeah. that'd be like that would be <laughs> the the entire series will, will really need to change and not be about like high drama or action or detective whatever it just needs to be about like oh what'd you do today played golf cool yeah It'd be like, you know, Star Trek in their, uh, you know, post-scarcity utopia that they have. They'd be like, well, let's go explore places. <laughs> <laughs> make it so. They already did it. Oh, well, make me a coffee. You know, like, <laughs> <it's>, uh, <laughs> wouldn't have uh, any, any drama. But no, the, yeah. fortunately, they've got villains that are large enough uh, to uh, to take on multiple speedsters. And, and, you know, the way they kind of calculate almost time is a challenge in and of itself with you know, the race to save Iris, I think works really well. Um, uh, so Wally is being played pretty heavily throughout this episode by Savitar. Um, and, you know. and it's weird to me that Barry can't see him. That Barry can't see. Well, it, it is it though? I, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, is this the whole, you know, flashpoint? Is that the only reason why Wally can see him and Barry can't? I don't think so. Remember what Jay told... Uh, Barry about like if Savitar appeared to you that means that you've gotten kind of to a faster level oh that's right so now as of this episode Wally is now officially reaching a speed that Barry has never reached well I think he's faster than Barry well that's what I'm saying so now he's on a different wavelength which means that you know it's not that Barry can't see Savitar ever it's just that Wally is more perceptive to that 
So Savitar is now, instead of like focusing his attention on popping out of the speed force to appear to Barry, it's a lot easier to do it to Wally because Wally is now faster. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. And on top of that, I mean, he can also manipulate Wally pretty, pretty hardcore. I mean, it was great to see Mama West uh, kind of appearing for, for a brief cameo. Uh, and also, by the way, Savitar has switched to a pretty decent practical effect. I know. I noticed that at first. I was looking at it going, hmm, there's something a little different about him. I, I think the first thing that I noticed was the uh, the lightning bolt on his chest. Uh, now, now that he's a suit, they have a, a lightning bolt on there. And I, and I, and I saw that. Uh, and it, it was a little bit more apparent just because the I guess the, the practical effect, the suit that they have him in, you know, doesn't move around as much as the as the CG model does. But uh, yeah, that was super cool. That was really neat to see them do that. And I'm assuming that's because they blew their budget on the gorillas. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. <laughs> I was wondering if we were going to address that. It's like, you know, all right, um, we want to do an entire gorilla invasion of Central City. Uh, oh, and we want an entire uh, episode that's like 90% green screen of uh, uh, the Flash flight fighting uh, Solovar. Okay. Um, no. Uh, because you made us do an entire series season long supervillain as a CGI character pretty much the entire time. So no, we're not going to do that. All right. What if we made him a costume? Fine. I guess. And, and props is like, okay, because we haven't made anything else because everything else is CG. <laughs> right. Right. All right. Props. Actually, that was, that was the union stepping in on the prop <laughs> team, the prop department's behalf. They're like, Hey, uh, according to our union guidelines, section 32, <laughs> article 108, you got to have at least, you know, 180 hours. <laughs> On this uh, show with the prop guys. Well, props to the prop guys, because honestly, that real. Co- costume looks great. I mean, like, you know, if, if it if it wasn't just kind of an oddity in, in terms of like, you know, standing up straight, I think a little bit more instead of crouching. He's really know, wide, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it looks great. Um, yeah, I think so, too. But yeah, he is playing Wally. In fact, you know, he's, he's kind of pushing him with the goal of getting the, the piece of the uh, Philosopher's Stone and, and, and throwing that into the Speed Force. Uh, and ultimately he just played him the whole time, completely played him the whole time. I felt so bad. I was actually screaming at my screen like, no, 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 Wally. No, he's playing you. <laughs> you should know better, except you're a teenager. So, of course, you shouldn't. Yeah, he don't know no better. No, uh, though he does. Uh, you know, he does end up in a situation where he has to switch places with Savitar. Now, I, this I, I'm sure this is not intentional, but it did kind of remind me of kind of a, a subplot or, or kind of a, a piece of a game that I used to play back in the day uh, called Myst. Do you remember the game Myst? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a point-and-click adventure. Point-and-click adventure. You were on this island and you had to kind of find things out. But the way that Myst worked, and it's it's kind of a, a, a additional uh, games as well, is this concept of books in which if you touch the pages to books, you're transported to a different world. And so like the, the book itself, it kind of has a description of the world. Then you touch a page and you go into it. Well, they had these prison books, which only allowed for one person to be in it at a time. And you could only go in it if you switched places with the person who was there. Um, so for example, in the, in the original game, uh, you find a library with all these different books and there's a red book and a blue book. And over time, as you put the pages together, you realize that there are these two people trapped in either one, both trying to coax you to go in there with them, not knowing that if you do so, you release them into the world and trap yourself into the book. Interesting. Do you remember that at all? Uh, you know, I, ne- I never played too much of Mist, but I mean, that's that's a classic trope that's in, you know, the, the, even Savitar talks about it. It's, a, you know, Atlas uh, holding up the earth like mm. Hercules tricks him. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there is, there's that nature there, I, I, but I love that concept um, that, you know, Savitar was trapped in the speed force. Now Wally is um, man brutal too. the way that he was getting kind of ripped in there. I was a little concerned 
that he was going to get like totally decimated and kind of go the full on, you know, kid flash from spoilers season two of young justice, where he just kind of like gets ripped apart by the speed force. Well, I was uh, halfway expecting him. Honestly, what I thought was going to happen was he was going to explode like Barry did uh, when Barry joined the speed force. Mm. Yeah. I thought that's what was going to happen. It's a little different. It is similar, but, but a little different here. Yeah. It almost looked like hands were grabbing him. Did you see that? Yeah. Well, I think those hands were, were sabotage, right? Oh uh, yeah, probably. Cause he was, he's pulling him in so he could switch places. Here's the thing though. If, if Wally, so, so if Wally is going to come back from, uh, you know, from the speed force, um, there's, there's a couple of different ways it could, it can go down. I, there was actually a, a theory that one, a pineapple proposed on Twitter earlier today, which I think is really solid is that, you know, Barry is going to have to perhaps take his place. And so that, you know, in a kind of a heroic effort, he, you know, he goes in and kind of gives himself to the speed force and releases Wally. I like that idea, especially as like perhaps a season finale type decision. Uh, and then Wally goes and saves Iris basically. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or it, it all goes down after Barry saves Iris. Um, but one way or the other, I could totally see him doing that. The other thing too, is that, you know, when Barry was trapped in the speed forest, Iris was his lightning rod, right? She, she pulled him back out. Wally doesn't have a lightning rod. Uh, what about Jesse? Jesse is a speedster. She can't be a lightning rod. Uh, She needs her own lightning rod, which one could theoretically say is her dad. Um, you know, they, they, they have not explored that. They've only really lightly touched on the concept. Um, but if Wally if Wally is going to go through kind of a similar journey, which I don't think he is per se, uh, but if he does go through a similar journey, he's going to need somebody to be an anchor uh, for him. And so far that person doesn't really exist in his life. I mean, you know, he's got this, is this, I hesitate to even say great relationship, but this decent relationship with his father, uh, but that's still pretty fresh. In fact, all of his family relationships are fresh. His mom has died, has died, uh, his girlfriend's a speedster, so she's not a candidate. And yeah, I mean, the only other person that's kind of connected with him uh, on kind of that human level, not on kind of this godlike level, but on, on this human level, is really HR. Uh, and I don't know that they have that kind of relationship where HR is going to be this kind of focal point for him. So it's going to be one of the cheerleaders that he saved. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I do think I do. I like the idea that one of pineapple suggests that Barry's having to take his place because Iris can always pull Barry out of the speed force if needed down the line. Well, okay. So I, I know uh, we're kind of talking about here the prophecy, right? That's kind of going on mm. and, and that, you know, how all this is going to fit into everything. So would you be saying that Barry trading places with Wally would be that, that that's kind of like a, your, your fate more than death or worse than death? Okay. So here's what I'm thinking. Based on the relationship that we got or the, the kind of, uh, I guess, character development that we got from Savitar this episode. We got to spend some time with him, get a chance to know who he is, so to speak, uh, in terms of kind of the way he interacts with the team. We got the supposed and possible and and for now reveals of what the three are. You know, the fate worse than death, it's stated or, or in strongly implied that that's Wally now. Wally is now currently fulfilling that prophecy. He is experiencing a fate worse than death. Yeah, we've got one will betray, which is That's Caitlin. Totes Caitlin. Uh, she she has betrayed the team by uh, you know by keeping a piece of the philosopher's uh, stone. Uh, although, by the way, when she held it up, did you think that that was maybe her power cell, the anti killer frost, uh, you know, apple necklace? I thought it was at first, and I was like, wait, 
why wouldn't she be wearing it? Right? But then it yeah. was that wasn't it. Uh, and then, like, oh, wait, that's Philosopher's Stone. Oh, my gosh, Caitlin, come on. I know, I know. Uh, but so here's the thing, though. She, so she is the betrayer, and that means, based on, if, if this is kind of the reveal of this prophecy, that would imply that the person that dies, in accordance to Savitar's understanding of his own whatever, is Iris, which means, I think you were right on that one. Well, I knew I was right. I know, but I, I thought that that was a little, cli- little bit cliche. But I think, based on our understanding, that's that's a safe bet that we now because have. it's it's Savitar's the one giving this prophecy. He knows he has future knowledge, and then his future knowledge is that Iris dies. Yeah, but here's the other thing: I don't think she. I mean, obviously, I don't think she's going to die. I think the prophecy is going to be fulfilled in the sense that Joe's going to end up dying. So it's one of those things where, like, it's fulfilled even though it's not the way that it was supposed to be. Sure, sure, I get that. But I, what I was saying from the get go is that Iris was who Savitar was talking about when yeah. he said one of you is going to die. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I think, I think you know, and again, uh, based on, you know, what's what's certainly implied about Savitar, I think this is it. I think to some extent with very little fanfare and a lot of uh, heavy uh, uh, heavy depression, we, we, we do get the fulfillment of two, if not fully three of these prophecies. So yeah, I did not call any of that. Fate worse than death, I know I got wrong. yeah. Well, one way or the other, there you go. The prophecy has been revealed. However, there is still mystery to be had. In fact, this uh, this may be the best time to speculate in the season that we've had any other time. We're getting close, man. We're in the second half of the season. We got a lot of reveals this episode in terms of kind of those those prophecies being laid out. But there is a big, huge mystery that still exists. And that's going to bring us to this week's... Speedster Speculation. All right, man. Who is Savitar? Now, every single season thus far, there has been a man behind the mask. There's been almost kind of a Scooby-Doo type situation going on. There's a lot of speculation. There's always a lot of trying to figure this out. And it's been generally a season-long process. Here, we have not really been in a situation in which the question of who is Savitar has been kind of in the forefront. There was a little bit of who is alchemy, but even then it was almost like it didn't necessarily matter slash we all knew it was Julian anyway. Here we've got a character of Savitar who is presented to Barry and team as someone who knows them, who knows them personally, knows them intimately, talks to them in a very familiar way. Um, you know, he references specifically Eobard Thawne and he references Zoom. Uh, he references Reverse Flash. He says that they're not your biggest enemy, that I am. He's also very grandiose. He talks about himself as a god. He is very, very, uh, you know, he's, he's constantly talking about how great he is. He's just huge. He's huge. But, but he's very, <laughs> I'm the best at speed. I'm just, the best. <laughs> I got the best speed for it. He's, he's Everybody just, knows I got the best speed. <laughs> and so, like, you know, he is he's constantly kind of. Uh, saying that, we've got clues this episode as to who Savitar is. And based off of where we are in the season, I think it's safe to assume that the clues are going to add up. It's not going to be one of these things where it kind of is leading one way in the beginning of the season and it seems like maybe the writers maybe changed their mind or didn't quite have it all figured out <laughs> until the end. Not not naming names or even saying that specifically, just saying <clears throat> season two. You know, I, I'm just saying that this does not seem to be that situation. This seems to be a situation in which whoever they're implying Savitar is, is probably Savitar. There's a couple of candidates on who is Savitar. I think, 
Well, let me ask you, who do you think Savitar is? Well, what do we know so far? What we know so far is that Savitar said that Barry made him. And that he is He's present uh, so he, in Barry's present when he gets made too. Yes. It's uh, somewhere sometime in this season. We're going to see Barry create Savitar, I think. Um, so we know it's not Eobard. We know it's not zoom. I mean, it's he, he wouldn't reference himself like that because he even said it. He said Eobard and, you know, zoom. They, you thought they were your worst enemy, but they're not. It's me. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay, Gooner in the chat here has has written a couple of things that he said. So he said, "No, no, no! Uh, oh, hang on, hang on! I want to know Bell's theory before you start falling back on other people." Well, no, I, I was trying to remember what he said, uh, the, the facts about about Savitar, like what right, he said right. about himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's that's all I'm talking about. He's, he's not he's not saying who he thinks he is. This is Gooner's uh, just reiterating the facts. So yeah. what we know is is a uh, you're there when I become who I am. Uh, you being Barry and I being Savitar. I'm only this way because of you, I being Savitar, you being Barry. I created myself. So Savitar created himself because of Barry, and Barry was there when Savitar was made. And uh, and Wanna Pineapple says, I'm still waiting for Barry to create Gideon, so, you know. It's Gideon! It is! Oh my gosh, it's Gideon! Holy, it's Gideon! Hang on now. That's interesting. What if it's Gideon? It's Gideon! Think about it. That's why the whole technological thing and the bluey glowy stuff... It, it's not Gideon. Anyway, all right. So who who do you think? It's so Gideon. It's it's Bell. It's the turtle. Ah, it's the turtle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but which one? Which one? Oh, all the infinite universes. I'm, I'm, I, no, no. This is what it is. It's it's all the turtles. So it's an infinite number of turtles, right? Right. So that means an infinite number of turtles have died, and all the t- the spirits of those turtles have coalesced together into this infinite <laughs> speed turtle. How ironic! A speed turtle. Uh, yes. All right. All right. All kidding aside. No, I want to know, man, who do you like, like just throw it. Cause I've got a whole list, man. I'm ready to go down mine, but I'm waiting. I want to hear your thought first, man. It's hard. Like, I, all right. don't, I don't know. Oh, you know what? I, I, uh, I, Nothing. You're not even going to say. No, 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 no. This is what I thought at the end of the episode. Okay. Because of the preview for the next episode, this is, this is what I thought. It's Eddie. Okay. All right. Good, good place to start Eddie. All right. So Eddie Thon, uh, erased from time. So the very concept of being kind of uh, locked in the, the speed forces is, is interesting. Well, it fulfills all three of the criteria. Does it? Yes. You're there when I become who I am. Barry was there when Eddie shot himself. I'm only this way because of you, which is true, because if uh, uh, Barry wasn't there, then, you know, Eddie never would have killed himself uh, or had to kill himself. And C, he created himself. So he, he shot himself. Eddie shot himself. Like okay. He created himself. So here's a couple of things, though. There's a couple of criteria not mentioned. Uh, great list, Schooner, but there's a couple of other criteria that fit into that. One being, when does this happen? And Savitar says, soon, which would imply that at this point in the timeline, he's not been created yet. And so that it's about to happen for Barry's present, which, in my opinion, takes Eddie out of the running unless somehow Eddie ends up coming back to life. Um, or, which, or, or, or. Mind you, Eddie killed himself. Well, no, it's actually Eobard that got kind of wrapped up in the Speed Force kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's Eobard. So I don't know. Maybe, uh, if he encounters a version of Eddie in the Speed Force, perhaps there's something that he does to well, him to make him. Eddie's body got pulled into the singularity. There's 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 a lot of possibilities they could do with Eddie. I don't think this is Eddie. Um, you don't think it's Eddie? No. And I, I, I kicked that idea around for a while. Uh, as something that's kind of interesting. But like I said, I, he doesn't fit all the additional criteria, that being chief among them. Now, something that did occur soon that fits all of those things 
uh, and did happen shortly after that whole conversation, is Wally getting sucked up into the Speed Force, and then Wally goes in, Savitar goes out. A lot so of people Wally think, is Savitar? A lot of people think that Wally is Savitar. Yeah, but why would Wally kill his sister? Uh, well, you know, what did Savitar also say? That Barry said, how long have you been trapped there? And Savitar said, long enough to lose my mind thousands of times over. So he cracked. Okay. He cray cray. Huh. So theoretically, anybody could be like, you know, no matter how good somebody appears to be, they could technically by this time in the future be Savitar. Yeah. But then you have the causal loop of Wally as Savitar giving himself his powers. Causal loop. You're complaining about welcome to the flash bell. <laughs> that's that's uh episode one my friend <laughs> yeah well and granted it was flashpoint so like barry right and and maybe maybe flashpoint was intrinsic to had barry not created flashpoint there never would have been a savitar uh, because flashpoint mm. gave savitar an avenue through which he can come into the world yeah I don't know. savitar did say you know i gave you your powers i good 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 thought good point i don't think that it's wally I also don't think that they would take Kid Flash off the board so quickly. Well, they don't necessarily have to take him off the board. No, well, I guess, you know, I guess you could argue they then like rip him out of the suit and then he's redeemed somehow. But one way or the other, I just, I don't see, I don't see it being Kid Flash. I don't think that it's Kid Flash. Now, there's another factor too, the reason why I don't think it's Kid Flash. And that's something else that Savitar said. You know, he talked about mythology. He talked about the Atlas thing. And yeah. he, he said to Barry, he said, you know how much I love a good myth. Now, that doesn't match up at all with Wally. It also doesn't match up at all with Eddie. But based on who we've seen, who also fits all the exact same criteria and also has something of a, an attitude and, and maybe a bit of a, uh, a self-involved complex is, I mean, the obvious candidate, which is Julian. Julian being an, ar- you know, an, archaeologi- an ar- archaeologist, kind of having kind of this... Uh, interest in, in, you know, high concept type stuff. Uh, and also speaking extremely highly of himself and treating everybody else as though they're beneath him. That sounds a lot like Savitar to me. Yeah. But then you also have another causal loop problem there is that he creates himself by driving himself crazy in the Dr. Alchemy persona. Yeah. But I, I, one way I, or the I, other, that's the situation with Savitar we've got, because we've got a future version of him that has yet to be created and he's affecting everything around him. That's going to end up creating him. So one way or the other Savitar, like he is going to exist as part of a causal loop. Yeah. And and I think Flashpoint's really just intrinsic to it. I think, I think the explanation of how Savitar comes about and where his power comes from and, and why it's like it is. It's going to have something directly to do with Flashpoint. Could be. Um, I, but although I think they kind of explained that to some extent, that Flashpoint gave him, you know, the the opening kind of gave him uh, more power and, and kind of uh, pulled him in and allowed him to do what he needed to do in terms of freeing him from the Speed Force, right? Because he's been trapped in the Speed Force for some time. Yes. And so with that, that being the case, he's existed outside of time and space. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That's a good point. I mean, the, the causal loop thing is is interesting. That certainly makes a lot of sense. And the Julian thing not existing before Flashpoint, I, I can see that. So in all fairness, that, that just feeds what I think is going to be my theory that I'm going to go ahead and sign my name on. And I know some of y'all are going to laugh. I think that HR is Savitar. Mm. I think that HR is Savitar. Talks about loves a good uh, loves a good myth. Sa- Hitar. H- Hitar. I think Hitar. He is a writer. Uh, it speaks directly to that. 
this kind of constantly like, oh, come to worship before me, like this grandiose way of talking is textbook HR. Somebody who we've seen kind of constantly being pushed aside and everything else, uh, who would kind of have kind of some built up resentment. I can see that happening with HR. Um, you know, the idea that one way or the other, this person is going to be kind of tortured based on what happens. Also, very HR. I, I could see him being in a situation where he gets pushed hard because at the end of the day, no matter what earth he's on, he is still a Harrison Wells. He's still a version of earth to Harrison Wells. And that guy's kind of pseudo psycho. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. And, and you know, it, it's earlier we saw an instance where HR uh, was, you know, writing himself in the story as the hero uh, in, in all of his books that he's written, he's written himself as a hero. Uh, perhaps maybe he wants to write himself as a villain this time. It could be. Um, and so he's using future tech or something, but, but how is he connected to the speed force? There was that scene that he had with, uh, well, I don't, I don't think he is yet. I don't think, I don't know that we know how Savitar is going to be created, but I do think that HR, it like basically something is going to happen to HR. Probably, I don't know, could be with, with Barry trying to get Wally out. Like I said, causal loop's going to happen one way or the other. But I think that that whatever is going to happen is going to happen. It is going to rip HR apart, turn him into Savitar. Here's the other reason I think that. In the future, who is it that's up on the roof with the gun pointed at Savitar? Uh, Harry. Harry. Uh, Harrison Wells of Earth 2. So we got Harry up there pointing the gun. I, I think he came back to deal with his doppelganger, man. He got a bad He got a bad read off of him, remember? Originally, when he met HR, he just he got a bad read off of him. He's like, "Look, I, I know people. There's something about this guy. I think it's I think it's HR, HR. I mean, yeah, yeah. And maybe that's the thing is everybody's like, "Nah, it's too obvious. It's always been is the that HR obvious? Guy. No, but it hasn't really because Harrison Wells of Earth Two wasn't the villain. He's so not he's because that's the thing with with uh, when we had HG Abard, it was uh, you're like, yeah, yeah, we know there's something up with him." And with this HR, it's like, no, there's no way it's possible anything could be up with him because he's such a, a goof, right? And so, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you know, the more you talk about it, the more I think about it, the more it kind of makes sense. But You know, I didn't mention something that a lot of people have pointed out as well in terms of the Wally theory. And that's where he says, you know, I'm the future Flash. You know, there's the question of whether or not the comma exists in that line. Because if it's I'm the future Flash, then that is Wally. Wally becomes the Flash of the future. Uh, but if it's just, you know, I'm the future Flash, he's just speaking in hyperbole, which is something that HR would do. Like, what I love about the way they've structured the inter- you know, the, this mystery uh, kind of late in the game here is that it really could be almost anyone. You know what I mean? Like there's enough clues to kind of point this person or this this creature to be almost anything uh, or almost anyone. You know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with it. For me, I am going to go ahead and say HR. I know that seems out of left field, but I just... I, I don't know why, but I just have I a doubt, feeling. I doubt Eddie now, though, just because it said, uh, you know, when when Barry asked him when's this going to happen, he said soon. So I, I don't think it can be Eddie anymore. Plus, I, I like Eddie coming back as a villain. Like, I do like that concept. I'm not sure that this is the right one, though. He should be Cobalt Blue. I think Cobalt Blue. I think that's that, you know, Cobalt Blue is too difficult of a story to tell just straight out of the comics. So Eddie provides a unique opportunity to do that. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't make Eddie both Savitar and... I, I think I think that would be a better way to go about it, but that's just me. I don't know. What do you guys think? We will post this out on uh, on you know Twitter poll and uh, and get your feedback and 
uh, take a look and see. But uh, share your thoughts and theories. I think it's going to be a fun ride. You know, one of the things I love about detective comics, uh, there is uh, always a good mystery involved. And uh, and this this series has, um, in my opinion, been one of the more interesting experiences trying to kind of unmask the villains, uh, even even when they go and pull something completely out of left field, which who knows, they may end up doing. You know, it may end up being uh, the new police chief. Who who knows? Maybe it's a bungie. Yes. Where, where where's Captain <laughs> Singh? We haven't seen him in forever. So maybe that's a sign of the Savitar. <laughs> hey, this is Patrick Sabongi, and you're listening to Flash TV Talk. All right, man, we got some great listener feedback, including a lot of great theories here as well. Um, let's see, this first one comes in. Did I forget to? Nope, I did write it down. This first one comes in from Troy. What did Troy say? Well, Troy says, speedster speculation. Hey, guys, I love the podcast, and I listen every week, eagerly waiting for it to drop since I'm a truck driver and podcaster my life. Nice. After watching last night's episode of The Flash, and uh, I am begin- uh, <clears throat> Sorry. After watching last night's episode of The Flash, uh, and I'm beginning to think that Savitar is buried from a future timeline. Interesting. Uh, the darkest timeline or something. He speaks to the team very casually uh, with intimate knowledge of their history and their thoughts and feelings. He knows things about them that only someone very close to them would know. When they speak to Savitar through Julian, Savitar says, I'm the future, Flash. He says this in another episode, too. But if you listen closely, this is not what he's saying. Savitar says, I'm the future, Flash. I wasn't sure that this is what he says. Uh, what he said until he said it again in this most recent episode and confirmed that it wasn't just a fluke of the dialogue. Hmm. Iris dying turns Barry into the dark side and he becomes Savitar. That might be why he tells Iris that he had to kill her because it was you or me. If Iris doesn't die like this, Savitar doesn't exist. In broad strokes, if Savitar is not some alternate timeline Barry Allen, he is someone they already know. What do y'all think? Is there a comic book precedent for an evil future Barry Allen flash? Uh, I Thanks mean, to the great work. Keep it up. Troy. I, P.S. I really like the practical suit they have for Savitar. It's much cooler than the CGI. Wow. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome, Troy. That's a really interesting idea. So, yes, there is precedent for an evil future Barry Allen. I don't think that's the situation here, and I'll tell you why. I mean, it is a great – I don't mean to downplay the theory, Troy. I think it's a well-thought-out theory, and I think you've got – um, uh, really, really fair, fair to throw that in there. The reason why I would say no is because Savitar seems very, very hell bent on also killing Barry. Like he really wants to kill Barry this episode. Uh, but he says specifically, I, you know, I don't, cause I want to do this other thing to you first. Like once he kills Iris, I think he really wants to kill Barry. He could have killed Barry a while back, by the way. That's, that's true. Unless he is Barry and he's just saying all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But because. I mean, there, there, there's parts of it that fit. There are parts of it that don't. Mm. The whole it's you or me thing, you know, uh, Troy's absolutely right on that. Like, you know, Iris has to die if if it's evil, Barry. Iris has to die because that's what turns him evil. But it is kind of weird that he'd want to kill himself earlier when he's his good self because then that would prevent himself from being himself as well. Yeah. Causality. I, it's weird. <laughs> I, I just – I don't know. I, I'm not – fully down Maybe it's with a time remnant i'm not fully down with evil yeah well that's the thing right if it is a future barry then technically he is a time remnant in which case you know black flash should come and hunt him down or i guess the time wraiths would come and deal with time remnants or something like that i don't know one way or the other no i, I just i don't think so but good good theory troy i, I know that uh, you're not alone in that and there are a lot of folks that uh, do subscribe to that so who knows well we shall see we also got joe 
who sent in uh, the flash TV writers seem to love combining aspects of multiple characters. Very true. into a single character and Savitar is no exception. Uh, Barry, uh, uh, Bell, what is, uh, what is Joe going to say? Uh, they're going to say that Savitar equals Savitar plus Walter West plus Megatron. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Savitar keeps saying that he is the future flash. And I think that's a hint that Wally will eventually become Savitar. The kicker is that Wally getting trapped in the speed force will cause him to lose his mind several times over thus transforming him into Savitar. After losing his mind, he blames Barry's paranoia about losing Iris as the reason he was trapped in the Speed Force. He still harbors resentment for Barry and being raised by Joe, and those are his motivations for his actions as Savitar. I also think the Philosopher's Stone is actually a solidified fragment of the Speed Force, which is referenced here, and there's a link. Oh, that's interesting. So I didn't know that. So apparently, yeah, you can have solid pieces of the Speed Force. Anyway, so let's see here. Uh, and and uh, Joe also lists some supporting quotes from last episode to, to support his theory. Uh, one of them, uh, Barry says, how long have you been in prison? To which Savitar responds, long enough to lose my mind several times over. Savitar then says, you're there when I become who I am. Barry says, you're saying I caused you to get your speed? I created you? Uh, and then Savitar says, oh, no, I created myself. Savitar said, the boy Joe raised. Yeah. Okay, the the I created myself thing does lend credence to the whole Savitar giving Wally powers, right? Savitar gave Wally a speed, therefore Savitar would have created Wally, which would mean that Wally would then become Savitar. Uh, I mean, the don't get me wrong, the Wally Wally as Savitar is pretty dang strong. I would actually say, in terms of all the arguments that are out there, that's the strongest one. I just I just don't think they would take Kid Flash off the board so quickly. Well, Gunnar in the chat mentioned that Savitar called Wally Wallace when he was taunting him. Oh, only... HR. Uh, yeah, that, 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 that's that's pretty huge. Now, these quotes, though, from from Joe, like that's 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 pretty that's pretty solid evidence talking about Wally. Yeah. But yeah. the whole Wallace thing, though, that's I, I just don't think they'll take Kid Flash off the board so soon. I just I really don't. And, and mm, I just have a hard time with that. I have a hard time with with. Making but what does our he heroes... mean by the boy Joe raised? Uh, well, he's talking about Barry. Barry was the boy that Joe raised. Wally wasn't yeah. raised by Joe. Yeah, I, I know, but I mean, like, well, you know, oh no, I created myself. The boy Joe raised. Now, those are two separate quotes. I know, but I'm I'm trying to remember in the context of the other one. Now, I think it's just the other one of of uh, talking about how Barry wouldn't kill, right? Not the boy that Joe Joe raised. So you know, oh, that was just showing that he has intimate knowledge of them. Yeah, I'm telling you, I, I yeah, it's, it's got to be HR. It's HR. It's it's HR. H H R Vitar. Wait, wait. H R Vitar. I like that. Uh, yeah. So it's HR Vitar. H R Vitar. There it is. And uh, but no, I, I, solid solid arguments though for Wally. Solid arguments for and, and solid solid arguments for uh, for for future Barry as well. So I don't want to downplay anybody's theory, but I am I'm sticking with HR. We also, by the way, got a uh, iTunes review from. Zach Logan, who said the flashiest podcast, Bo and Bell do an amazing job with this podcast. If you love the CW's The Flash, you'll love this podcast. If you are ever confused while watching, and you will be there eventually, uh, then this podcast is a must. Bo is the man of many podcasts, and Bell is the man who openly uh, who opens clams with his feet <laughs> and will entertain you weekly. That's that's a throwback right there. <laughs> Thank you, Zach. <laughs> Man, uh, maybe not. And, and uh, great, we love the review. Uh, thank you so much. But it, it's actually Bell and Bo. Uh, just want to put that out there. Because uh, <laughs> I mean, let's face it: when you can open, you know, clams with your feet, uh, you get top billing. You get, yeah, you get top billing all the way. 
all the way. Uh, well, hey, we want to thank you again for uh, for tuning in and, and giving those uh, iTunes reviews. That's, by the way, a wonderful way to help support the show. If you head over to iTunes and write us a review, uh, you know, you don't even have to listen to us on iTunes. I wouldn't. I'm not a big fan of the iTunes podcast player. I listen on Satchel. But those iTunes reviews are still a great way to help uh, let people know about the show. So by all means, go there, write that review. It doesn't cost you a dime. But if you're willing to spend a few dimes to make sure that this podcast keeps coming out on a regular basis, uh, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash TV talk, or you can just click be a patron right there on the Satchel podcast player. It'll take you there, or you can find those links at flash TV talk.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at flash TV talk. But if 140 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at That's P O D A S T E R Y.com. And for the latest news and daily discussions on all things flash, be sure to like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash flash TV talk. And as always, special thanks to Charlie Bach, who provides our outro music. You can check out his other stuff at soundcloud.com slash Charlie Bach. There's good things on the horizon, man. We've got a uh, probably a pretty dark episode, but the previews are uh, to be believed. And so from next week, I think we're going to continue on on a little bit more of the grim, dark type of road. But don't worry. Eventually, we're going to get to those flash dance episodes, and that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but until then, we'll be back in a flash.
Ohio. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.